Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're discussing what you're discussing, Spider-Man Far From Home. It came out, and we talked about it, and we want to hear what you talked about. So we're going to read what you talked about and talk about that and talk what Matt's going to talk about. All right, that's so enough. That, that's talking. enough. That's enough. Okay, I'm right, sorry. Right after this. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Jeff Randall. What's up, Jeff? It's been a couple weeks. It has been, man. Let, I, I was letting Spider-Man Far From Home sink in and kind of like absorb it into my body. Yeah. Take it all in, you know? Yeah, man. Absorb it like that Venom symbiote. No, 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 no. More like... Uh, <laughs> like something uh, good. Yeah, like something... <laughs> oh, man. You made it weird. There was... I, like, I thought I was making it weird. You made it weird. Yeah, I tend to do that. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's dive into feedback. We're we're talking your feedback today, everybody, and we're just going to dive right in. And I'm sure we'll get to all kinds of different topics about Spider-Man: Far From Home as we do so. So, what have we got today? All right, we got some emails here. We got Jason Cooper said, "Ralphie," I think that was the subject of it. Hi, guys. You didn't mention it, but William, that was an Iron Man and took off with the laptop in Far From Home, was Peter Billingsley, Ralphie from A Christmas Story. I recognized him right away, but confirmed on the Marvel Wiki. Turns out he was a producer on Iron Man and his buddies with John Favreau. Iron Man director and happy. Keep up the great casting, Jason Cooper. That is awesome. Uh, you were not the only person to send that in. Uh, I think I deleted from our feedback most of the other ones because we had a lot of people that were like, you guys didn't mention Ralphie. And I don't know if this will lose my like um, Gen X credibility, but like I didn't grow up on a Christmas story. Did you? I didn't either. I actually have never seen it. I've seen it on my entire life. I know the kid's face, but I hadn't watched it enough to like, so it did not hit me that that was him. That just wasn't one of my childhood uh, touchstones. Yeah, no, I, I don't recognize his face at all. Yeah. Like even, even people saying it, it's like I, he was a child and now he's an older person with no hair and different glasses and like it's the superman thing the superman clark kent thing where it's like how could you be so easily fooled i thought he had glasses glasses. i thought he had glasses Uh, it's different glasses now okay okay it's it's that super that clark kent and slightly different clark kent thing yeah (laughs) clark kent and then clark kent at the beach where he's a different person entirely (laughs) Uh, okay, so uh, <laughs> why do you have a sun hat on? Who are you? <laughs> so we apologize for our, uh, you know, lack of Christmas story knowledge. We totally missed it. So a I lot know. of people wrote in, like, you guys talked about him, but you didn't mention that he was that guy. And I didn't know. I didn't neat. know. <laughs> but it is neat. It is neat. Yeah, it's a neat thing. It's just not. It was my focus. Anyway, Cameron Webb sent us an email, Far From Home Thoughts, mid-credit scene. By far my favorite Spider-Man movie and run. Spoilers. J.K. Simmons is J. Jonah Jameson. Amazing. I just wish that Peter's identity wasn't revealed so he could then go undercover as a photographer for the Bugle, changing his story from the inside, with more similarities to Spider-Man in the 60s animated series. Mm. Excelsior, Cam. Yeah, I, that that is interesting. Do you think they'll try to do anything with him being a photographer of himself? <laughs> I, you know, the only way that I could see it going that direction, like if he were to get work as a photographer, just like, you know, like it was in the comics, it would have to be something 
where he's constantly fighting people who are just like, I know the truth. And he's just like, how that's fake news. Like clearly that's not a possibility. I am, I am a small person, insignificant. And like, he has to lead that double life, but be like more committed to the, to the normal person life. Maybe let people punch him. Because there's going to be somebody that's like, I can punch him. Or if I can't punch him, I'll prove it. And then, you know, otherwise, you know, he's just going to be on the run all the time. Yeah, I don't see how it, they can do it. I mean, unless this next movie, he somehow proves his innocence. But then I don't see why he'd ever work for J. Jonah Jameson. Of course, that's that's the tension in the original books anyway, is why is he working for J. Such an asshole. Um, right. But like... Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It, it is weird to remove that from his uh, sort of story altogether, though. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you you played you played it, you played the Spider Man game. J. Jonah Jameson was just like the the random podcast dude, uh, you know, sort of Infowars kind of thing. And Peter had no interaction with him at all, and was still a great story. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think it's a wonderful choice to make J. Jonah that guy. I think it's awesome. And I really want them to do more with it. Like, I really want him to be all over the MCU from now on. I would love to see a J. Jonah James storyline, like, or just in the background yelling on the TV in every Marvel movie from now on. Like, (laughs) not just Spider-Man Far From, or Spider-Man Next, or whatever. Yeah, like, you know, we talk, we always joke about Luis being this guy who we get his perspective on things and, like, have him tell the stories. But, like... Seeing, oh. seeing the J. Jonah Jameson perspective, like, I would like to see both of them as a part of every Marvel movie from now on. <laughs> that would be, <laughs> just, just have the two of them going off, going off head to head. Like, like, like one is the, uh, the, the everyman point of view and the, you know, the man on the ground kind of thing where it's just like, no, Spider-Man's a good dude. But then there's the one that's just like the shit stirrer. So they're the, the, competing news organizations just firing off at each other i'd like that i'd like that a lot yeah i'd watch the hell out of I that i can absolutely see an ant-man 3 where Luis is a guest on on the daily bugle oh my god yes oh that would be so good it would be that's a perfect fit i i, I would right? love it <laughs> like and next we have a guest this man louise and <laughs> It's like, what do you have to say about the Spider-Man? Oh, no, I don't know nothing about the Spider-Man, but let me tell you about this Ant-Man guy. Yeah. Oh, man, it'd be great. Like, if somehow Luis was in an online video and had to, like, try to, uh, he tried to try to, like, maybe dissuade people from thinking Scott Lang was Ant-Man or something. Or actually, no, that's, it's, it's probably public knowledge that Scott Lang is Ant-Man. He's, at least the government knows. We don't know if the public knows. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Like... Does does the general public know about the identities of all of the all of the Avengers? Are here's another question: Are all of the Avengers that you know that were there and helped defeat Thanos are they government sanctioned now, or does that even still exist? Are the Sokovia Accords still there? Yeah, five years after that horrible catastrophe of Thanos snapping, like what what is the you know, outcome of the Sokovia Accords. I have no idea, man. It's crazy. Yeah, like, what good did they do? And are they still there? Like, these are the questions that we need to ask, not whether or not the Hulk is taking selfies. Come on. 
I think we're going to be in a place where we're past it. Uh, uh, Taking selfies? Uh, no, I think the, the the Avengers have now kind of proven themselves by bringing everyone back. Like, I think that that's probably – we got evidence of it in Spider-Man Far From Home with all the murals of Iron Man everywhere. Like, I think that uh, – well, and Iron Man was always on the side of registration, though. So, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm very curious to see if they'll even get into it in the future. I definitely think that the government versus superheroes will be a plot line in the future. I just don't know how it will manifest. Yeah. I mean, it always it always has been in the X-Men storyline. And then when you know it came to pro-registration, anti-registration, it was a big thing. And then when it came to AVX, it was a, you know, it was another thing. Yeah. So, Absolutely. It's yeah. It's it's a it's a conflict and one that I'm looking forward to maybe seeing more of. In this next in the next feedback, uh we've got Xavier Ortiz sent a feedback. I, I really never realized it, but he wrote out S M F F H, which is so close to shakes my freaking head or F and head. <laughs> S M F H. I don't know. That's that's funny. I see that online all the time. But he wrote S M F F H for Spider Man Far From Home. Anyway, thought that was funny. But yeah, <laughs> let's get into his feedback. <laughs> he says, Yo, Matt, Jeff, just saw S M F F H and I gotta say it was dope. The entire movie had great twists that left me scratching my head while I was trying to explain everything to my fiance. But oh my Jesus, it was sweet. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh my Jesus, was it sweet? On a scale of one to ten, I'd honestly give it a solid eight point seven five, and probably place it in the top five category. And that's not the diehard Marvel fan in me speaking. Like I always do, I start the MCU marathon from start to the newest start being the earliest in the MCU timeline, and I am so glad I did for this one. I had some issues with the beginning of the movie at first, because some of the in-game blip dilemmas being solved way too easy, but who's to say that they won't elaborate on that more in the future MCU movies? But even if they don't, you can count on me to be listening in on your awesome podcast for that great headcanon you guys do. <laughs> Spoilers! I loved the scrolls. I just want to bet that Marie Hill has been one and it feels so good. But holy shit, it makes so much sense that Nick Fury has been working with them the entire time. My only problem with that part is that I don't know when they came back, Talos and his girl. Or I thought they went out with Carol at the end of Captain Marvel. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. I have no idea. And I'm hoping we'll get more clarity on this as we go forward. Like where, how long has Nick Fury been gone? Uh, you know, maybe we'll get a Nick Fury movie or, or maybe, you know, this, the Black Widow movie will touch on what was going on with Nick Fury during that time period. I don't know. I don't know. It might. I mean, if you think about it, we've got about 25 years from when Captain Marvel was to when, like current MCU is going on, maybe thirty. You know, like we saw Talos leave. Like he did the he did the the engines go. You know, let's get out of here. Motion, and then they were gone. But twenty five to thirty years, easily enough time for him to come back and or be sent back by by Nick or you know called back in some way. Like, hey, please come back. And maybe oh maybe maybe it was the pager. Maybe the pager yeah. got Talos, and Talos came back and was like, "Where's Fury?" I mean, we saw the the "Where's Fury" at the end of of Captain Marvel, but 
the way that she came back in 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 Endgame didn't match that. So right. Well, what I'm thinking. Oh snap! Sorry. Gosh, I just got really excited. Yeah, you're blowing my ears out over here. <laughs> I'm sorry. What if that was Carol, not Carol Talos? <laughs> Maybe I think so. We had, I don't know if we ever discussed that whole discrepancy between the way we saw it in the trailers and the scenes ahead of time versus the way she comes back in the movie. Um, I I was assuming that the stuff and we never saw it in the movie, but I was assuming the stuff we saw in the clips still happens. Um, and what I'm saying is, she comes back f- for the pager. She well no no it has to have happened because it was at the end of um it was at the end of was it Captain Marvel Captain Marvel yeah at the end of Captain Marvel that happens so I'm assuming that happens and then she goes back like they tell her well we're looking for Tony as well and she goes oh I'll go out and find Tony real quick <laughs> mm. like he he was coming back from this planet and then she goes out finds him brings him home. I think we need to go watch Endgame again, because I don't remember her being familiar with them when she comes back with Tony. Oh, I think they were. Uh, Like, they they don't have anything. They don't go like, oh my gosh, there's a flying woman on fire. They just kind of go, hey, he's back, you know? And I I took that as they've met her before. She came back earlier in the the end credit sequence of Captain Marvel. Because that's in there. That's canon. It's not like that didn't happen. So and she had to have come back for the pager, right? That, that's two a po- two post credit sequence that involved the pager. Like surely that's how they how it all happened. Maybe, maybe so. I, you can't you can't just say the post credit sequence didn't happen. I mean, you can if you're the writer, <laughs> but we can't just say that. I mean, the whole Agent Carter series invalidated the Agent Carter one shot. So I would contend that it doesn't necessarily invalidate it. It just didn't happen yet. Right. Totally. She somehow backpedaled in this organization that she saved. Well, there was no organization yet. Nah, we, we, that's, a, that's an argument for another time. <laughs> you know, what we could say is it happened in different universes. Yeah, but I, you know me, I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like this wicked web weaved. I do not. Xavier continues... After this argument, uh, saying, my favorite thing in the movie I saw was by far Uncle Ben's briefcase. It looked a lot like the one they used in the Amazing Amazing Spider-Man series, and I hope they use little things like that for future multiverse movies. Which I know will happen, because they brought back J. Jonah Jameson! Plus the Venom potential, and ugh, so much more. Another one of my favorite things about the movie was Happy. He was a great supporting character like he always is and was such a good tool for full circle moments we MCU fans need. If I'm being totally honest, though, I'm scared that in the future they'll kill him off and use that as an MCU version of the Uncle Ben death gut punch the Spider-Man we all know and love needs. I don't think I could handle that. I could go on and on about the great things this movie brought and has set up for the future, but I'll leave that up to your other fans. Again, love the work you two nerds do. <laughs> Thanks for that underhanded compliment. That was, that was not an underhanded compliment. You don't think we embrace the term nerd? <laughs> uh, maybe I just read it wrong. Again, love the, love the work you two nerds do. No, that was an underhanded compliment. He loves the work we do. <laughs> 
and he says, make sure you keep on keeping on Excelsior. See, he's a nerd too, because he used Excelsior. Yeah, we all are. That's the point. Okay. He's not that's insulting you. you. You're, you're having a real like flashback to gym class moment here. Like I kind of, we, we all, we all embrace these. We're, we're geeks. We're nerds. We're losers. Probably <laughs> like we're all those things, man. It's fine, but we just love okay. this shit. <laughs> yeah, we do. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's all right. I just need to. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> Thanks for writing in, Xavier. I, have we have we heard about Uncle Ben's death yet? We have not actually. Uh, well, there was one teensy tiny little blurb in Spider-Man: Homecoming from Aunt May. What she said was like it. It wasn't even that she mentioned Uncle Ben. Just she mentioned that we've had some hard times recently. Okay, so here was, I, I thought of this, and I, I haven't gone back to rewatch the movies yet to see if it might be true. What if Spider-Man 3 is the death of Uncle Ben? But where's Uncle Ben? Right. Like, are you talking prequel? No. What if he's not dead yet? What if he, like... He's been what on a if, business what trip. If, what if they're divorced? What if, like, it's yeah, but yeah, just like most families now, like it's a broken family, like, and and that's the storyline. And maybe he comes back into his life. Maybe maybe we get just like we got a sort of younger, hipper uh, Aunt May. What if we got a little more like broken, sort of like they had a divorce and they left, or like he has a drug problem, or well, who knows? You know, what if Uncle Ben's a little more? Uh, what if Uncle Ben's like turning his life around and comes back to being? like Peter's life after being gone for a year or two and like he comes back to being in his life and then um or even longer cuz maybe there's been a 5 year maybe he was he was not blipped or something and like he comes back and he's like I've had a really hard time and when I thought I lost you guys it really hurt and I'm back and I want to be a part of your life again and then he doesn't you know whatever we have a similar sort of thing where Spider-Man makes some selfish decisions and then Ben gets killed you know what I mean? Like, what if that? Mm. What if the reason we never saw it? it, it I, and this is this is rampant speculation. I don't really know if I even like the idea, but like, part of me hates it and part of me loves it because we always see Spider-Man's uncle die, and it's always kind of early on in the storyline. But what if we really like? really get to know we know the spider-man and we know how important it is for him to have a father figure he's already lost tony and 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 like uh he's already now mysterio kind of entered his life and he thought he had like the sort of big brother figure and now he ended up being evil and then what if his you know uncle comes back into his life and like then we lose him i don't know man that seems like a little a little bit of a tired kind of thing like just to bring somebody in that the the character is supposed to care about or supposed to have cared about for a while, but we've never heard about him before. He just shows up and then immediately gets taken away. Like that that doesn't build the that doesn't build the the relationship with the audience the way that it should. Like yeah, we all know about Uncle Ben, but like it doesn't build it for that one instance of Uncle Ben, right? I'm not. I'm not saying it would be amazing. I'm not like really necessarily saying it's a proponent of it. I'm just saying it's like a weird possibility slash theory uh, that I, you say that you say there the, the the we wouldn't have the the emotional stakes da 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 da. But 
that's how we always deal with Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben is always the guy who shows up for 10 minutes at the beginning of a Spider-Man movie, and it always works. Like, what if we have that same sort of arc, except it's the third act of the third Spider-Man movie where he dies, and then Spider-Man realizes he made a bad decision, and his whatever his selfish decision was was wrong, and he, like, goes in sacrificially to take on the whatever. You know, and I, I don't See, think that's... Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's a great idea, because he still had his speech with Tony about when you can do the good things and you don't yeah. do them, bad people, bad things happen. But he never, he didn't say the actual line. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, 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 I think I'm, I know that I'm being a little crazy by saying it, but I do think it could be interesting. And <laughs> it's, it's tenfold hat theory is yeah. a little on the crazy side. Totally. I, I'm absolutely with you that it's crazy theory, uh, crackpot theory, but I just had to throw it out there because I thought of it when I saw that suitcase. I was like, Oh, have we still haven't heard about Uncle Ben's death? Like, haven't heard officially about it. Like, what if he's not? What if they're divorced? I, I don't know. It, it just popped into my head. Thought it was interesting. <laughs> what if? What if he comes back because he's been out as a big game hunter and he's got a craving? <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> he's craving the hunter. <laughs> don't act like that's the same level of crazy as my crazy. <laughs> <laughs> What if he is Galactus? <laughs> Uncle Galactus! <laughs> Uncle Galactus uh, takes you to the biggest baseball game ever. All right, next feedback. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The Andy Jojo sent us an email on the uh, on the Spider-Man feedback. I just saw Far From Home and holy fuck! That was all caps. That movie is amazing. I didn't know who to trust, and it reminded me a lot of The Winter Soldier. The only part that I didn't like was the beginning, how they made a tribute for all the dead people. It was played as a joke. I didn't like that. But a lot of people in my theater thought it was funny, so I'm guessing I'm in the minority that didn't like it. I think we all guessed that Mysterio was evil, but I thought he was at least from another universe. So I was wrong about that. I like J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. I think you guys are right with the Tobey Maguire universe being in the same parallel plane as the MCU, or as the main MCU. And Fury and the Skrulls? How long has Fury been a Skrull? Since Tony's funeral? The Winter Soldier? Captain Marvel? I need to know. Keep up the great work. I love the show. Drew. P.S. I also love Led Zeppelin. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's possible he has been a Skrull at different times. You know what I mean? Like maybe Talos fills in for him when he's needed in space or whatever. Oh, man. You know, so they could have a flash, some flashbacks of the scroll. Like if they ever do make a scroll war movie or whatever, um, they could dive in pretty deep to like, when was, when was Fury out helping and when was Talos actually doing, you know, maybe that was Talos pulling up to Ultron to save people or whatever, you know? Well, uh, you know, it, 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 it could be any time, uh, because, the only the only time that that you know that somebody is a scroll is when they get killed like the person gets killed and then they revert back to scroll form yeah there there's not really there's no way to know until that point and in the winter soldier fury seemingly dies but it was just that they gave him something to slow his heart rate wouldn't it right. to where like 
he wasn't actually dead. It would just it just looked like he was dead. Yeah. Either way, he's not dead. So that's still he could have been a scroll yeah. during that time. So yeah. He still could have been a scroll. <laughs> You're you are correct. There has never been another a time where Nick Fury died. <laughs> Yeah, there's Still never alive, been that guy. <laughs> somehow this guy has has been through it all. Yeah, <laughs> there's never been that outing moment, except that he he seemed to be acting weird in Far From Home. So we're led to believe it was just just in Far From Home that he was uh, swapped out for Talos. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what we're supposed to assume. Like he got snapped. That was actually Fury. They got snapped away because he had the pager. So I'm assuming that that's the Fury. But there, there could be that he went away before Infinity War, and that you know he gave the pager to Talos. You know, hey, if you need um, Captain Marvel here, here's how you can contact her. You know, but I'm assuming Talos could have found her other ways. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I, who knows, man? It, it's interesting. But I'm, I'm, I'm as of now, my bet is he was only there for Far From Home. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we're that's what we're led to believe, and I'll believe it for now. But I'm I'm not assuming that there haven't been other times in the canon that they made the same swap because it's interesting. This is an interesting turn for the scrolls because they've always been these like sort of you know infiltrating villains, and now the, our our people are working with them, the Avengers, and like Nick Fury and his side are working with the scrolls to accomplish what we don't know. So, yeah, and I'm assuming sword and all that is coming. Yeah, super cool, man. Yep, yep. I can't wait. Can't wait. Because once the movies, like, once the movies catch up to S.H.I.E.L.D. and, and, like, get into space and, like, do, like, big space team things, like, we've already seen Guardians of the Galaxy. We've seen, you know, Buddy, uh, Buddy Road Trip movie in Thor Ragnarok. You know, we've seen some space stuff. We get a little, little taste of space stuff, but... When they do it in movie budget, like they do it big. So what we've seen on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with them going to space and doing all those things is going to be so much like there's going to be so much amplified. And these familiar characters getting into these unfamiliar situations out in space is going to be a whole lot of fun. I agree. Next up, on Facebook, we got hit up. Gabriella Davidson said, Hey guys, just listening to your FFH podcast. Lots of talk about how the multiverse didn't end up existing, but Beck thanks that one guy for coming up with the ridiculous story of the multiverse. What if he didn't make it up? What if he is one of the people who jumped from one to ours? It's still a possibility. Oh yeah. Uh, I like it. I, I think that's a bit of a leap. Uh, but cause multi, you know, coming up with the multiverse, that's just anybody who likes science fiction could come up with that storyline. But, um, I do think <laughs> it is very likely that the multiverse is a thing, especially, I think the thing that is more leaning towards that is the J Jonah Jameson reveal, uh, because that we, we now have two Spider-Man universes where the sa- three, three, if you count the game where the same guy is playing or no, you know what? I don't think, uh, J.K. Simmons plays him in the game, but they they use like a J.K. Simmons type voice. I think is what happened. Yep, they do like a sound alike. Yeah, that's uh, that's the look of it. Let me see. Let's I'm see who played him in that sure. game. I'm pretty sure that's the case. Darren DePaul. Yeah, but they do they do the J. Jonah Jameson or J.K. J. Simmons. It's weird that he's he has. They both have initial names, and they both start with J. Like I can't get it straight. <laughs> 
<laughs> Darren DePaul is the voice of Reinhardt in Overwatch. One of my favorite characters. Neat. Yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> Love him. Don't worry, my friends. I am your shield. That's He's very fun. Anyway. Sounds like your kind of character. It, yeah, that's true. <laughs> very loud and boisterous. and yep. Sounds like your kind of character in more than one way. Yep. Yep. Gail Hardell wrote, sent us a message on Facebook. As someone who was traumatized by Endgame, <laughs> to the point of not watching any Marvel for the past two months, I desperately needed Spider-Man to show me how to work through that grief and bring hope to the future. Did I get everything I wanted, like a hologram or AI Tony uttering, hey kid? No. Am I that disappointed? No! Like most, the opening with Whitney belting, I will always love you, and that first shot of Tony smashed what little was left of my heart. However, the airplane scene was everything. From a broken Peter trying so hard and not getting a break, to the support of Happy, and finally Peter following in his mentor's footsteps, had tears streaming down my face. That moment when Peter virtually tried on, quote-unquote, the glove, sparked, no pun intended, my hope for the future. I will say I was surprised how direct they were in Peter being, quote-unquote, the next Iron Man. Not that there can actually be such a thing. I will forever still hope for a uh, an Iron Man Tony Stark cameo and callback in the future. As for seven more Tom Holland Marvel movies, yes, please. His talent oozed off the screen. Oh, wow. I hadn't heard that he had seven more on his contract. I had heard that he had six total. Three team-ups like Avengers and Civil War, and three solo movies. Six more past now, or six total? No, just six total. Okay. That was, as far as I understood it, that was what it was from the beginning. Right. I I haven't heard. Maybe there's some new information uh, that Gail just said, as for seven more Tom Holland movies. Uh, Okay. Well, we'll have to look into that. I mean, San Diego Comic-Con is happening right yeah, now. Yeah, so there's there's all kinds of news, and we haven't had a chance to round that up, but we're going to you know, keep keep talking about the movie for now. Yep. We'll probably yep. be doing some movie <clears throat> stuff next week. Yeah, we will. There's going to be a lot to talk about. I've already got some feelings about a bunch of the things. Anyway, Sherman Smith sent us a uh, Facebook message. Spider-Man Far From Home, does the general public think that Captain America is dead? It seems like yes. <laughs> I mean, he was in the In Memoriam video. Yeah. <laughs> and the, this version of Steve is old and fragile now and has given up the shield. So uh, we're, we're led to believe that he's just kind of moseyed on. And he probably had to kind of protect his mission to some degree or like, you know, he, he, he went back in time and lived a life and he probably, uh, does, I, we don't know what the general public knows. Honestly, we don't know if they know about time travel. Cause I feel like if they do, that's dangerous as we saw in into the spider verse. Um, we, we, we can't have people knowing about alternate timelines and other universes they can visit. So, uh, going back in time to retrieve things you lost or whatever, like that could be dangerous. So I have a feeling they just didn't tell the public about time travel and how would they explain that Captain America is now an old man? Well, it could also be that, you know, he was, he's been back for eight months cause it is eight months later. He's been back for eight months and in that time frame, you know, he was old and fragile and he passed away. That is also possible. Sad, but possible. 
I really hate to really hate to be like, maybe he just died like an old person. Yeah, that's a bummer. Why'd you do that to us, Jeff? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you know what else also died? The Netflix part of the MCU. But we're hoping that it comes back. And Sherman Smith shared a thing. Uh, that Feige was asked about it. Kevin Feige was asked, and Feige said, I don't know. There were a lot of great characters that were on those Netflix series, and I think there's a period of time, it'll be a while, before we could use any of them based on what the contracts were, so I'm not sure. Okay. So and, it sounds like he is confirming what we've heard, which is there's a there's a contract we've heard two years. Where he didn't confirm a time period, but there's apparently a two-year contract they can't use these people. Uh, these characters yep. on any anything MCU, so uh, hopefully they will, you know, they'll get the rights back or whatever, and we'll finally have a freaking MCU that has all its rights and everything's under one head, you know? Yeah, that'll be great. It'll it's gonna be it's gonna be so good. Although I'm annoyed that it looks like things like Cloak and Dagger may be in separate universes now because I really love Cloak and Dagger. But there's almost no way to do the snap and not totally disrupt the show and what they're trying to tell, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've been told that all of these shows happen before the snap. and At least this season. We, we don't know what's going to happen yeah. next season. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, did you hear that uh, Cloak and Dagger actually got nominated? Oh, really? For what? Yeah. Uh, you would ask me that. I don't remember <laughs> offhand. <laughs> it's a People's Choice Award, I think. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, as well it should. It's really good. We've been nominated for. Here's the post. Uh, the Sci-Fi Fantasy Show. Sci-Fi Fantasy Show. Cool. Of 2018. No. Neat. No, that's. Damn it. No, that wasn't it. Sorry. <laughs> Outstanding drama series? Yeah, May 30th. Yeah, the Emmys. Okay, yeah. great. Yeah, I was going to say Emmys is much more prestigious. That's That sounds like something that would make news. Cool. Yeah. I, lo- I love that. I think they, they absolutely deserve it. Yep, yep. And I will confirm that it is, in fact, an outstanding drama series. It is. And, <laughs> it, it, man, if they won an Emmy for that, that would be huge. That would be so good. You couldn't kill a show. Like, nothing you could do would stop it. Well, I don't know about that, but, yes, it would be... <laughs> nothing you could do. <laughs> nothing you could do. There's no power in the verse that could stop it. <laughs> You're not going to use Firefly quotes to convince me to uh, agree with you. Um, <laughs> you have to. Sterling Kitchen sent us an email, or, uh, sorry, Facebook message. Hey, I recently started listening to you guys, and really enjoy it. I don't have many friends who are into Marvel as much as me, so it's fun listening to y'all have thoughts and discuss everything. What if, when Fury tells Peter that Doctor Strange and Captain Marvel and Thor are unavailable, they are all on the Skrull ship with actual Fury, and they're investigating the galaxy, possibly investigating Galactus? I love that idea, except Talos says uh, something about how am I supposed to know how to get a hold of the Avengers? Like, and I assume if he they're up in there, he that that wouldn't be what he said. Yeah, but <laughs> good, yeah. They're they're with the real Fury. I mean, they're unavailable. <laughs> yeah, because Nick Fury would know how to get a hold of them for sure. Off world, unavailable. Don't invoke her name. Those sorts of things. 
it's too easy to just to to just wave your hand and have them be not available. I really like don't invoke your name just because Tallow like she's the savior of his species at this point or whatever yep. you know, and so that's <laughs> that's actually a little bit of Tallow's like dripping through the fury face, like yep. him saying don't invoke her name. Like I, I took that differently once I knew that he was Talos. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh there there have been people posting um the that they're the 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 marketing campaign in the trailers. It was like our first tell um when you know Captain Marvel is off world and or no. No, sorry, in the in that scene uh where they're saying that Beck is from Earth, just not ours is what he said in the trailer. But then in the, in the actual scene, Movies he said, he's from earth. It's not yours. Yeah. yeah that's a, that's and a really fun it, thing. We had heard it so many times in the trailer, not ours, not ours. So that when he said it, it just kind of went over our head. We didn't even think about it because like you said, when you see it outside of the movie, you just kind of turn your brain off. Yep. Or, or, or when you see it inside the movie, uh, you're just, a, you just didn't catch it. They didn't, if that had been in the trailer, there would have been tons of discussions. Why did he say yours? You know, it was, yep. it was another chance for Marvel to change something in the marketing to, to throw us off the scent. And I love it when they do that. <laughs> Lie <laughs> to me more. <laughs> this weird masochistic tendency. Yeah, man. It's okay. I like to be lied uh, to by Marvel. <laughs> All right, so Julie Skaggs around sent us a message. Hey guys, my husband and I just saw Spider-Man Far From Home and we loved it. I literally jumped up and down in my seat when I saw J.K. Simmons as JJJ, J-Cubed, I'm going to call it. Hard eyes mm-hmm. emoji. One thing that has me stuck is if Talos had access to all of Fury's info and Edith scanned Beck slash Mysterio, why did nothing pop up about him working for Stark Industries? From what we saw, Mysterio is one of the bigger engineers and smarter minds in Stark Industries. You can't tell me that Stark didn't have some type of facial slash retinal scan for security reasons. Also, something that has always puzzled me, Tony knew Peter was trying to hide his identity when he made Peter's new suit in Homecoming. So why didn't he add in some type of voice changer to hide his voice when he was or when he has the mask on? There is a voice changer in interrogation mode, but it sounds super fake. You'd think more than uh, one of his classmates would have figured out his voice by now, on top of Spider-Man always being wherever in the world they are, and Peter always running out right before Spider-Man shows up. Love the cast so much, keep on doing what you're doing. Uh, as for the voice thing, I don't think that everybody knows what Spider-Man sounds like. I don't think, at least we don't have evidence of that. People get like shots of Spider-Man, but it's not like he stands around talking a whole lot, or at least... In, in what's been released to the public. I don't know. Maybe he does. Who knows? And it's he was obvious. on stage. Oh, you're right. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot all about that scene where he talks to a big group of people. Yep. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> Normally I'd cut something like that, but screw it. Leaving it in. Leaving it in. <laughs> just to show sometimes I'm a big dummy. Uh, no, good call. Yeah, they should absolutely change his voice in that scene. Yep, yep. Uh, now, for the other one, uh, to maybe embarrass myself with something else. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I would say with the Mysterio thing and uh, Beck not being noticed, we have the entire te- Tony's entire team, like his all these engineers that work for Tony. I'm assuming they had access to his files somehow, or at least whatever files that he's pulling from. Let's say he's pulling from like Interpol or you know whatever records he's pulling, he would be pulling from to analyze and recognize Beck. Uh, I'm assuming they had access to those and would have gone in ahead of time and changed them or taken Beck out of the system. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, Probably. Yeah, like I, uh, that's the only explanation. That's my headcanon. I don't know what, you know, uh, maybe there's some other explanation or maybe there is none, but that's my, you know, short explanation. <laughs> I mean... They they had several tech people on on that team, so you know anything could have happened, right? Because right. all tech people are super people. <laughs> well, they have an entire team, and 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 unlike what you're saying, there actually is an entire team of people that is has specific jobs on that team. So I'm assuming they have someone who, you know, a hacker of some sort. They've got a Daisy on the team who went in and raced his whatever. Yeah, yeah. Entirely possible, possible, possible. We got a head candidate in some way, right? Plausible head cannons. All I'm going for here. As long as you plausible head cannon ability. Plausible head cannons. All I really care about. Like I, I'm fine. Just don't give me like utter bullshit. And, and as long as the cannon, like as long as the cannon threads together, I'm fine. <laughs> as long as I can make it work. As long as me uh, and my little room with my red threads connecting all the dots can thread the cannon together, I'm fine with it. Oh man. As long as I can be Charlie, it's yep. okay. Oh man. I just by the way, I don't know if any of you guys are watching uh It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, but season thirteen just dropped on Hulu. Hulu? Hulu? Hulu. Is that the Riverdale equivalent of Hulu? <laughs> yeah. Um Hulu. It just dropped on Hulu, and man, the last episode, unexpectedly amazing. I like the show a lot. It's funny, but they do something in the last episode of season 13 that blew my mind, and I can't even tell you how I reacted without kind of ruining it. Um, (laughs) So watch the last episode, episode 10, season 13, even if you haven't seen the show, uh... It is such a weird turn, and I I just think it was amazing. I won't ruin it, though, because it's – yeah, it was crazy. It's just one of the craziest pieces of media. If you know the show, you can just jump right in right there, and it's uh, – yeah, it's crazy. Hulu. Okay. It's awesome. Seth J. Hawking <laughs> said to his own Facebook, Hello, I am a longtime listener, but not sure how to write into the podcast, so here it goes. <laughs> you know, you you've did already right. done great. We've you, gotten it. We got it, Seth. <laughs> Uh, in the post credit scene of Far From Home, when Fury is revealed as a Skrull, do you think that is setting up for Captain Marvel 2 or Secret Invasion from the comics? I'd personally love to see Secret Invasion on the big screen, but I'm not, I'm just not sure where they're headed with this. Love 3000, the podcast and you guys, thank you. Thanks, Seth. Uh, I, I like your, uh, theory from, I think the, our, our last episode, um, Jeff, where you talked about the idea that the scrolls could be, you know, a perfect for J. Jonah Jameson if he's like is throwing out these conspiracy theories about Nick Fury working with uh, an alien threat. You know what I mean? Yep. Like uh, he's a shit stirrer. Exactly. It's such a good idea. Um, I think that's exactly probably where they're going with it. Like 
um, that sort of, you know, uh, the, the J Jonah Jameson media working against our heroes and f- creating like a, a frothy, you know, fervor in the public or whatever, you know, to, to take <laughs> down our heroes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, my theories have been great here recently. I've been <laughs> knocking it out of the park since Ragnarok. So tell me more. <laughs> All right. You obviously right. don't know how to take a compliment. What does Sherman Smith have to I, say? I took that one great. My God. <laughs> yeah, you rolled around in it. All right, let's I, move on. <laughs> Feels so good. Uh, <laughs> Last compliment you ever received from me. <laughs> Oh, man, that's not true at all. It's your birthday. It is my birthday, or it's about to be. (laughs) How about we uh, get a quick word from our sponsor, Jeff? Okay. Happy birthday, Matt. This one goes... Oh, is it not me? Am I not? You're not the sponsor. All right, well, let's dive back into some feedback. What's Sherman Smith got to say? Sherman Smith says, Spider-Man, Homecoming, love the movie. I think he meant Far From Home. Uh, Love the movie. The MCU seems to really dislike secret identities. (laughs) Yes, it does. Second Spider-Man movie, and Peter has already been outed. I wonder if they're going to go with that, uh, or going to go with that, or if one of the Skrulls is going to pose as Peter to... to, That's such a great theory! Okay, I'm going to finish reading the sentence. Or if one of the Skrulls is going to pose as Peter to disprove Mysterio's reveal. That's how they can do it. Yep. He can he can get Talos or any of the scrolls to pose as him to to be like, no, look, Spider Man's right there. See, he's swinging by. That, that is totally a great call, Sherman Smith, and it's a much better call than Jeff's ever made. Yeah, because <laughs> it made Jeff gasp in <laughs> just shock. Just teasing here. Um, just trying to take, great, back, take back all <laughs> my compliments, but no, in, in seriousness, uh, that actually goes really well with Jeff's theory, uh, yes. because the, if, 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 if they use a scroll to convince the world that Peter is not Peter or Peter is not Spider-Man, then, uh, it would be great to see J Jonah Jameson being like a crackpot theory, like conspiracy theory guy, but he's right about a lot of it. You yep. know what I mean? And like, then yes. like, even though he's an asshole and he like isn't getting the spirit of what they're trying to do, J. Jonah Jameson is like screwing up all their plans and he's right. Like he is correct. They are working with aliens and he knows it. And all, you know what I mean? Like that'd be yeah. an interesting tension to throw in there. Yeah. Similar to in the Spider-Man PS4 game. I haven't, uh, how- see, I haven't gotten to the end by the way. So don't spoil me. Don't spoil other people well- either. Okay, well, there's just a point where he's just like, I've been right on along, and there's a way that you could view it from a particular lens that he might be right. Neat. Yep. Anyway, moving on before we get into too big a spoiler for the game. Yeah, man, I gotta finish it. Omer Almalia said, Spidey, Far From Home, was amazing! That's a lot of Gs. You gotta calm down on your Gs. Bigger, longer post maybe later, but I really want to jump from a line you guys dropped. The Stark guy who took off with the Mysterio Tech can be an awesome setup for the Chameleon. I was wondering how they how they can do him after Mysterio played the guessing game, but instead of copying, they can build from it. Big love, guys. Talk to you later. Hmm. 
Uh, I'm not as familiar with the chameleon. What's the? Uh, I've heard the name. What's the chameleon do? He is a chameleon. He poses as people and. Oh, uh, okay. You know. Got it. Well, that's cool. Does that. <laughs> I'm down. Uh, yeah, that, that tech could do almost anything. So, like, there's all kinds of characters they could bring in using that tech. But my thing is, I just think they're going to bring Mysterio back. I think that the fact that they introduced Mysterio as Team Mysterio, kind of, yeah. I think they're going to bring back Team Mysterio in another, you know, later incarnation. That's it's possible. It's possible. Um, one thing that I do want to point out is that... Uh, the, there's a character in Spider-Man Far From Home that shares the same name uh, with the chameleon. It's Dmitry Smeryakov. Oh, interesting. Yep. That Dmitry that was driving the bus and just kind of like not oh, well, being there very you friendly. Go. There you go. That's that's, yeah. that's neat. There's there's your Dmitry Smeryakov right there. Hmm. Uh, that's your chameleon. Which he's on, apparently on S.H.I.E.L.D.'s side, or at least on Nick Fury's side, not S.H.I.E.L.D. The S.H.I.E.L.D. doesn't exist anymore. Well, he's on Nick Fury, Talos's side. Mm. And he's the chameleon. Oh, that's a whole nother thing. Man, what if he's yep. a, he could be a shapeshifter too. Man, uh, there's so many, <laughs> so many ways they could go with this, and they all make sense. They've built such a rich tapestry of a universe. I'm loving it. Yep, yep. His main his main powers are just being a master of disguise, uh, being a a, a method actor, uh, impressionist, etc. He's got enhanced strength and endurance, but so does freaking everybody. But it would be so much better than just like the goofy comic book stuff from the '60s. It would be so much better if he was an actual alien. Yeah, no, like a shape shifting sure. alien. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. David Pendergrass sent us a message on Facebook. You mentioned me! Woo! <laughs> also, sad comment. Do you think that Sony will try to wrest control of Spider-Man from Marvel because Far From Home overtook Endgame in its first Wednesday? I don't think so. And I don't think they can. I don't think they can. I think they know where their bread is buttered, and it's buttered on that sweet MCU cast bread. Like, I think that the only reason... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I'm, the I don't MCU know. cast bread? I don't know, man. I, I I lost the thread of that analogy, but I think they know <laughs> that they... The reason that Far From Home did so well is because it's part of the MCU. I think, if anything, uh, Marvel has a better standing to maintain the relationship than ever. Absolutely. Absolutely, they do. Sony might like just go do something real stupid, but if they're if they know what the, what's good for them, they will continue to work with Marvel. Yeah, absolutely. I just think it's really funny that you said that MCU cast bread because it seems like you know Spider Man wouldn't do any good if if we weren't talking about him. Like, let's be real. If you and I specifically weren't talking about him, yeah, that's true. I don't know what you're getting at. I don't know how that relates to bread. Sorry, I'm <laughs> no, not getting you- it. You, you, <laughs> you had said that they, they know where their bread is buttered, and you said it's on that sweet, sweet MCU cast. Oh, bread. did I? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Like, specifically no. us. We're MCU the reason. bread. Sorry, not MCU cast bread. No, if if we weren't talking about it, it would not be any good. Fair. And they it's know fair. that they need us, so they keep it in there. Fair and true and just. All right. What does Courtney <laughs> Ennis have to say? Courtney Ennis says, some thoughts on Far From Home. And these are separate 
lines of thought. Peter didn't use Karen, suit lady, at all. I was hoping the glasses would introduce Tony AI. I was hoping that too, but I I also, I think they want us to miss Tony. You know what I mean? I think they want us to have some time without Tony. Yeah, they want us to miss Tony, not Karen, even though Karen had a solid relationship built up by the end of of, uh, Homecoming. Yeah, but Karen's a robot. Uh, voice. I think that like we, we we may hopefully we'll get her again, but we also have Edith now. We did have a robot, uh, like an AI in this movie, and I think that you know we still had that sort of dynamic with Edith. Um, yeah, but I, I, yeah, I, I missed it too. We spent a lot of time in this movie with Peter Parker and not Spider Man. Like there was a lot less world building around Spider Man using his suit. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that uh, that seems to be what the uh, what the first one was more about is like how he how he gets by in the world, and it it was kind of a, like a a meta representation of like how Spider Man is getting by in the MCU. You know, it, it is Homecoming, but it was also the movie about how it all fits in and how he fits into the into the big puzzle, and and now we get just Peter being Peter in that puzzle without one of the most iconic pieces in it. Mm-hmm. I like that analogy that I just made there all on my own without help from anybody else. <laughs> uh, Courtney has continued saying, I'm assuming the entire team that Fury has in this movie were Skrulls. That is possible. We don't know. Yep. yep that, that fits my, uh, my Dimitri, uh, Dimitri Chameleon is a scroll theory pretty well, so I'm going to go ahead and support it. Here's a here's something I'll throw out to you. Uh, what if everyone since Shield fell has been scrolls? Everyone we've seen to- uh, Nick Fury bring in, like, what if that uh, Age of Ultron ship was just full of scrolls? Oh man! Because we know what's happening with Shield. All the Shield people are working with uh, on the show over here. What if, what if, uh, you know, all the Nick Fury people, like, he realizes he can't trust the humans, so Nick Fury's gone full on, like, scroll, uh, like, connect, he's fully connected to the scrolls. Maybe. And, uh, here's the question that we're all burning to know Has Maria Hill always been a scroll? We have no idea. Yep. We don't know. Uh, Courtney finishes saying, I was hoping for a callback to homecoming when Peter's teacher says, uh, not lose or not lose a student on a trip. Not again. They could have shown him at the moment of the snap, losing all the students and just him left standing. And then so thankful when they blip back. Yeah, that could have been good. Except I think like, uh, it could have been a good joke, but it wouldn't have made much sense of like, that's not his fault. And everyone would have known it wouldn't have been his fault. I think the idea was he's lost a student that was purely his fault on a, on a field trip before. Just him being an incompetent teacher. It didn't have anything to do with like the mad Titan snapping half of the universe. He's just lost students before. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's much more mundane than all that. Yep. Yep. Oh man, how great would it be to have like a superhero high school type of show where it's almost like uh, like Saved by the Bell, except every now and again some students are missing because they're out on some mission or kidnapped or whatever? Yeah, there is a thing called Superhero High School. I've never watched it, but there is a thing. Oh, well, it's obviously not as good because I didn't come up with it. Uh, it, it was like by some YouTube creators, I think, but then it went on to be like an actual thing, like a big budget hmm. it was uh, rocket jump i want to say maybe is that right yeah anyway. i have no idea yeah 
He's a YouTube creator who went on to like get his first like sort of big budget show for one of the streaming services, I think, or something, or maybe it was before streaming services. I don't know. Anyway, huh. that sounds superhero really cool, high school is a thing, and it's supposedly good. I think it was a little huh. more kid uh, friendly than what I'm, you know, and what I tend to watch. So I haven't ever checked it out, but supposedly good. Huh. That guy does a podcast that I really like, actually called. Uh, uh, story break. They're real big lovers of like writing and storytelling. So what they do is every episode of story break, they try to break a story, which is like sit down with the idea for a story and then decide all the pieces of it. So you come into a room and you're like, we're going to write the lucky charms movie. And then you write a story about a leprechaun or some kids chasing a leprechaun or like whatever. Like you write the whole story and you come up with how the arc, what the emotional beats are and how the arc fits and all this stuff. Like that it's, it's so they sit down, they have a one hour time limit to write a story every week. It's really, it's, it's a really fun show. It's, they're really funny and it's really fun. Uh, it's, it's just a fun concept and it kind of, as a guy who wants to write stuff, but never has the time, it kind of scratches that itch a little bit for me. I'm always like listening to it and being like, what if you did this, but I can't talk to you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give you advice, oh, but you already did this. You recorded it weeks ago. It's neat to hear people that are doing it live and sort of see a, they're like actual Hollywood professionals making a story. I don't know. It's, it's neat. Story. Break. That is a neat concept. Good, po- good, good, good podcast. <laughs> I'm glad we came across that one. Uh, Tim Brown said to us on Facebook, I'm not sure Mysterio is really dead. True, there were no illusions, but I think the machine was uh, was talking tech illusions. I think dude went practical, took something to appear dead or whatever. It does suck because there are some people who like to try and pour out MCU and fake deaths, but for certain characters, fake death, quote-unquote, fits their MO. <clears throat> I don't know. Good flick either way. Can't wait for Phase 4, or even the official announcement of any part of Phase 4. Same here, Tim. That should be happening, like, today. Like, Hall H. Yeah. Is, Hall, is Marvel's Hall H today? Uh, their big Hall H presentation is... We're recording this on Saturday. I think this... I think it's, it's probably happening right now. <laughs> We're just, like, missing it completely. We'll be doing a podcast real soon, early, early this week, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Marvel Studios panel live from Hall H. July 20th... That's today. Saturday afternoon, yeah. Yep, happening right now. They're, they're, they're probably announcing Phase 4 <laughs> as we speak. No, the panel is slated to begin at 5.15 p.m. Pacific. Okay. Which is... So, in three hours. Oh, Pacific, right. Sorry. I did that backwards. Okay, yeah. So we'll we'll be back probably Wait, early. Two and a half hours. We'll probably do the cast early next week and catch up on Agents of Shield and uh, do some new, do a really solid news episode where we talk about what what's coming in Phase Four because we probably will know stuff in just a few hours. Oh yeah, it's yep, exciting. Going to be watching my phone like a hawk. Mm. Or maybe maybe if I can get it live streamed to me, I don't know. Wait, get me in we, there. Who knows? We might drop an episode like tonight. Who knows? <laughs> no, or tomorrow. We, today's my birthday party. I'm excited. Let's get into these last few feedbacks. Brandon Hall says, After watching Spider-Man Far From Home, it dawned on me that a Skrull could play Chameleon in an upcoming Spider-Man movie. No origin story needed for how Chameleon gets powers. Thoughts? I'll tell you my thoughts. Look at five minutes ago when I was talking about it. We just talked about it, and you're totally Um, right. Of course, you you got there before we got there, because you wrote this in like a week ago. So there you go. Good job. No, I missed it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, I like it. Bring Jeff lower, please. Bring Jeff lower. <laughs> it's hard to do. Oh, see, see, that's 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 what you're supposed to do. See, I'm supposed to compliment you. You're supposed to self-deprecate. That's how this works. Oh, my bad, my We're, bad. So that's how our generation. Was that self-deprecation? That's how our generation handles comedy or whatever. Well, I said I, I couldn't. See, I, I said bring I you low, and you I said was... you couldn't bring me lower. No, no, I didn't say that you couldn't bring me lower. I said it's hard to do because I'm on such a high all the time. Oh, never mind. Get on my level. I take Matt. it back. Let's move on. <laughs> I take back all of it. <laughs> uh, Rob sent us a tweet at MCU Cast. Dang it! I just got spoiled on part of Spider Man. My podcast rolled over to the next episode, and I had left off right before the spoilers. I really need to see this movie already. Just no time. Oh, Rob, I'm Loudly sorry, man. Face. I'm sorry. I've had. I I feel your pain. I've been there. We we try to do big spoiler alerts for everything, but that happens. I, I've definitely paused the podcast. Oh, they're about to talk about a show I haven't seen. Pause, and then it rolls over to that later, and I'm like, dang it! I just dropped right in the middle of the conversation. I didn't want to hear. Yep. So what we need to do is find a way to get Rob some time to go see Spider Man. Rob. Take a little time for yourself, man. Yeah, man. Take care of you. A little self-love. A little self-love. <laughs> you got to take care of you first, baby. <laughs> Yoda Hughes said on Twitter, Adam Cucast, hashtag Spider-Man far from home. One really nitpicky issue I had with hashtag Peter Parker was he looks jacked in Venice. Not sure why he does. Proper barrel chested. It's because he's been working out, man. Yeah. That and... Like that particular that particular sequence, it was uh, pretty intense and was going to require a lot of uh, physical activity in the uh, in the stunts and whatnot. So, you know, he he had probably been doing it and maybe working out to get ready for it. And like, you know, when you when you work out more, you get a little get a little bit of a pump, sir. <laughs> I mean, even, uh, you know, uh, what's, uh, Chris Evans said that before the scene in the Winter Soldier, when he like has the helicopter and he's bringing down the helicopter with those, those guns that he has mm-hmm. on his, on his shoulders, he said he, he took some weights and got a little bit of a pump right before the shot. Oh yeah, for sure. They all do that. They, they all do that. And they also all like, they, they cut weight the week of those things. They, they build, 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 and then they like don't eat anything for three days. So they lose all their body fat and they just can like, you know, look insanely muscular. They're not, they no these, 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 you know, talk about like, uh, okay. I don't want to say anything. Uh, uh, everyone always talks about females, uh, be having like body images that like, uh, they all have to live up to <laughs> like unrealistic body images that everyone expects from them. These Marvel guys are not doing us men any favors, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, <laughs> Like and it's the same penetration. You know, they've been using um whatever, Photoshop and everything for years in women's magazines and men's magazines. And now like you know, in all this they're just like this is a snapshot of Chris Evans' bicep at one moment and it's probably a little CGI. You know what I mean? Like they do all kinds of stuff to these movies and then it's like that's what a man looks like and like, no, it's not. <laughs> no, please. That's what a god looks like. Um <laughs> David C. Robertson says the thing that just says, did you see guys see this? And it's an article saying that apparently if Spider-Man Far From Home does not break a billion dollars at the box office, then they get out of the deal with Marvel. 
Oh, that Sony gets out of the deal? Yeah, Sony gets out of the deal with Marvel. The thing is, I'm pretty sure it's going to make a billion dollars, so it doesn't matter. It's, it's, I, I, mean, I just looked it up on, on Box Office Mojo, and, you know, it's two it's, weeks in, and it's already at $874 mil, million. So, they're, they're, yeah. they're real close well to a billion dollars. Well on their dollars. way. Yeah. And, and hey, th- this weekend, they'll probably hit a billion dollars. Yeah. And, I mean, speaking of other box office numbers, or, you know, speaking of box office numbers in general, uh, we're five million away from Avengers Endgame matching Avatar. <laughs> They're going to limp across that finish line, aren't they? Yeah, they are. <laughs> we are going to get there, you guys. By the way, I, I did a, a whole entire episode on whether um, whether the re-release of Endgame was worth it. And I think I just watched Endgame, and I was really enjoyed the movie, and I talked a lot about how much I enjoyed the movie, and I think I said on there that it wasn't really worth the extra content. But upon further reflection, I'm kind of pissed off about the re-release because it really is such a small amount of content. Like, you're going to re-release and ask me to pay $18. I should have been more emphatic in how much the extra content was not worth it. <laughs> like, <laughs> did you go to the re-release? I did not. I've only been to see the movie once. Oh, wow. It is one scene, and it's about 15 seconds long. Man, they do. This, they were saying it's going to be like six minutes of of there was of content. there was six minutes of content, but most of it was not. Uh, one of, there was there was there was like three minutes from Far From Home, or like a minute or two from Far From Home. There was like a five minute dedication to um, Stan Lee. Yeah, and we, which was, that was those things were nice. Uh, the, you know, Far From Home was a couple days away, so it wasn't a big deal to see a scene from that. And then the Stan Lee thing was nice, but it was like. Are you charging me $18 to see a Stan Lee dedication? Like, that seems weird and exploitative. Then the only thing they showed, they showed one extra Hulk scene, and it was Hulk saving a group of people. And it was int- it was the alternate way of introducing Smart Hulk. Oh, the professor. Yeah. yeah. And it just was – but it was like 20 seconds long, and that's really all they added. And I was just like – that's that's some bullshit. I, I didn't I didn't bogus. feel as strongly the night I recorded that episode, but now looking back, I'm like, uh, that was some bullshit. <laughs> I still enjoyed the movie. It's still worth going to see, but not for that. Like that that 20 seconds was bullshit. <laughs> 20 seconds of poorly rendered Hulk making uh, die, making Die Hard references. What? Yeah, he makes a diehard. It's a diehard reference. The whole thing's a diehard reference. It's him saving people from like a burning building that's going through some sort of like attack or fire or whatever. And then standing outside is the cop from Die Hard, which it was just, I, mean, I think it was mostly just like a nod to Die Hard, like not really a reference. But he comes out and saves a bunch of people and then like comes down and talks to the cop from Die Hard. It's <laughs> weird. Yeah, it was weird. Huh. Okay. Well, all right. Let's move on. What does Emily <laughs> have right. to say? Uh, Emily says, hey, guys, I love your podcast, but I have a quick question. All right. So Far From Home touches on the blip and, like, what happened when people snapped out of existence and when they snapped back in. But I still need to know what happened to women who disappeared that were pregnant. Would the baby go too or would the fetus just flop on the ground? I've been wondering this since Infinity War came out and I still haven't gotten it answered. Wow, that is kind of a dark question, Emily. I don't think you mean it that way, but it is very dark. I am uh, sort of disturbed by that question, and it really—it's—it's it's tough 
because it's hard to have a conversation about that without taking sides on the abortion argument. So, right. Uh, because you're deciding whether it's a separate person is a, uh, is a big part of that abortion debate. So I'm just going to say <laughs> no comment. That's what I've, I, I, my, 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 my answer is I hope that when Thanos made his snap, that it considered them all one person. <laughs> That's what I'm going to say, because it's one person being snapped away. Um, but if you know that I may be angering uh, people who are uh, who, who believe that it's two separate people, and no matter what the stage of the pregnancy, th- yes, this is what I'm saying. I'm not. I'm not getting See, to this. You're just digging it in. I'm you're gonna, digging a hole by right, yourself. I'm editing that out. Stop. I'm gonna stick with no comment, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say if you if you say it's one person that got snapped away together, you're picking a side on the abortion debate. If you say it's two separate people and they got snapped separately, you're taking a side on the abortion debate. And since we steer clear of politics on this show, I'm just gonna I, I hope for for sake of uh, all those babies. Uh, it's real, and, and all those pregnant women that they all got snapped together or whatever. I really am. It it would suck though. Like just thinking about the ramifications of that. If it were that uh, Thanos is a uh, is one of those heartbeat kind of people, where <laughs> you know if the 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 baby flops down and then or sorry if the the fetus flops down oh. or you know the let's no let's not get that, in, let's just not get into it anymore. That's real that gross. Were, sorry. It would be real gross for that to happen if Thanos was one of those kind of people. But think about coming back five years later if, you know, because that would likely end up with a lot of dead whatever you want to call it. But then also you have people coming back who were pregnant and no longer are now. Yes. And, and had this expectation of like I'm going to provide yeah, life. It would be and really didn't. painful. I, like this is a horrible, horrible discussion. I don't even like getting into it. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I no, let's take it darker. I'm Matt. sorry. What if? Let's not go any darker. We've gotten dark enough on this question. But thank you for your question, Emily. <laughs> but I, I, it's it's an interesting one. But I think for for sake of it being a Disney movie, and for sake of my own sanity, I'm just going to say they all stayed. That all <laughs> pregnant women were snapped with their child, and all babies were snapped with their mothers, or stayed with their mothers. Either way. All right, let's take it darker. Now, what if what if the baby was snapped? And then is snapped back five years later to a womb that is not ready. Oh shit! Right, it's torn open. Go gross. You didn't have to say it, but yeah. Oh lord! It's like oh, it's like coming back and there being like alien bumping yes. out of your chest like that. Oh lord, yeah. So to avoid all of those questions, we're going to say <laughs> that if a mother was snapped, she was taken with her child. And if a child was snapped, he was taken with the mother in the, the – all fetuses went with the mothers. All ch- children in utero children, whatever – however you want to talk about it. All right. I don't know if I'm going to edit all that out. That's, that's, a hard, that's a hard and gross conversation. Oh, this is so funny though. Watching you flounder. Oh, I'm squirming, man. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. And unfortunately, I think we're going to have to end it on that note. It's the grossest note to end That's it on. That's the grossest note to end it on. Let's just say this was a really fun movie, and it took all those in-game questions and made them a little more fun. It played with them, 
And now I need to go. I need to go watch Far From Home to recover from this conversation. Yes, you do. <laughs> oh gosh. <sighs> All right. Thanks, guys. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. We'll be back with more uh, next week. Probably finish up all our feedback from Far From Home. So if you have any more, get it in. And uh, we'll probably have lots of news to talk about. And we're going to do a catch-up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. because all this Jessica Jones and Far From Home madness made it a little hard to keep up with that. So we'll be back real soon with lots more content for your ears. Find us at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com, slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com, or call 573-CAST-MCU to leave a voicemail. We love you all. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.